0: I am very optimistic about, about things that, that's going on in the world. We look throughout um, the world and things look like it's going cuckoo crazy, correct? Yes? It's been going, going cuckoo crazy for years and years and years. We're just experiencing this time of history and I, that's why I'm a little optimistic. Why? Because I believe that for those of us who are redeemed, believers of Jesus Christ, we can be history makers. Now, I know, it's just like, yeah, Dave, I work a nine-to-five job. I barely can make it. Uh, my wife doesn't like this, like me. My, my kids are just a pain in the butt. And I just, I just how can I be a history maker? You want to know the answer? By being who God has called you to be. It's really that simple. We in America, we like big things. We got like big arenas, we like um, big trucks. Um, we like just big houses. We like all the things really, really big. And so it kind of worked to our disadvantage of saying, we have to do something huge as a history maker. If you hear nothing else that I encourage us with today is simply this. You can truly be a history maker by just listening to God and what? Doing what he says. And I mean that with all sincerity, um, because I think sometimes we think of the Bible verses that we are memorizing, which is simply this, Psalm 107, 1 through 3. And it simply says this. Oh, give what? Thanks to the Lord, for he is what? Good and as steadfast as love endures how long? And then let the redeemed of the Lord say what? Say so. And then let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That would have been out of trouble. But watch this. Who have gathered from lands, from the east and the west and the north and the south. There's the word there that says forever. Have you ever thought about forever before? I mean, forever seems like forever, right? It seems like forever and ever and ever. It's just like, man, as you get older, I'm 46, almost 47 years old, and I'm telling you what, it was like Christmas last year. That's, this was yesterday. It's just it's right around the corner. Time dissipates really, really quick. Do you feel the same way? So if, the, if time, <laughs> I see a young teenage guys, he's like, no, this is like forever. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, forever is for Forever. And I think sometimes we get so self-absorbed with the here and now, with forever. So we can read this verse and said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures right now. And would that be true? Yes, absolutely. Because that's in forever. Now, next part is, has God been faithful since the very beginning of time? Yes or no? Yes. Has, will God continue to be faithful to the end of our time? Yes or no? Why? Because his steadfast love endures how long? So there's there's the the introduction that I want us to catch. But here is the the idea that is completely mind-blowing. God has always existed. In fact, we talked about this last week. God, the Lord Yahweh, is self-existent, eternal, and has always been in his goodness. His essence is good, and his essence is also love. It is just who he is. Check these verses out. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning, and the what? End. I'm the First, I'm the Last, I'm the Beginning, and the End. And I love this. Colossians one seventeen. and we saw this last week with Laminin. I am before, and he is before all things, and in him all things what? Okay, so I want you to look. So today is going to be a very interesting Sunday. All right, we are going to, I'm going to be teaching Genesis to Revelation. You ready? And you think I'm joking. I'm not. Why? Because we need to have, and don't worry, it's not going to be three hours, it'll be four. But I just want to, no, am just joking, just joking. I want us to just see the timeline of God's bigness. If he holds everything together, so again, this rope in front of me. And I wish you were here in person for those of you online. This rope represents eternity. If you can see it, the rope is going that direction and that direction. And imagine it keeps going and going and going. The rope has no what? End. And even the rope has no what? Beginning. There's no beginning, no end. This is just just eternity. So sometime in eternity, God chose to create time. So God lives outside of time, he's self-existent, he's self-sustaining, he does not need it, but he created time ultimately so that you and I as in-time people, human beings can see and try to understand this timeless God and it should lead us to worship and to praise and to glorify, glorify him. So as we go, I want you to see God is on this side holding up the cross, God is on this side holding up the cross, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold what? Together. All eternity, all time is held together by him. We talked about this last week. Without him, there would be no time. There would be no goodness. There would be no love. But since he so loved us... He displayed his love for us. So what I'm going to do, I mean, it's just going to kind of sound weird. I'm literally going to walk through the timeline of history. Here's my encouragement. For those of you guys who are, have been to Sunday school your entire life, and you're like, I know the answers, stick with it. Because here's the deal. When we understand the, the bigness of God's goodness, we get to submit to him, and we will really believe this verse that O give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? And his steadfast love endures. How long? Forever. So let me pray. Father God, whether somebody is here for the very first time, (coughs) or they've been in church, Sunday school classes, maybe they're a theologian in this room, may we just come back to the simple truth that you've always been good. You've always been loved because it's just who you are. Holy Spirit, please, I beg you, give me the words to say, even though this is truly elementary, it is so important for us to know that forever doesn't start with us. It starts with you. We're just a part of forever. And Lord, if there's anybody here that is not redeemed, in other words, Lord, if there's somebody in here that does not know you, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, may they, today be the day that they place their faith and trust in you, since your good and your love for them endures forever. Help me, I do pray. I pray all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. So we're going to be talking about His story. Have you ever noticed that in, in history? It's his story. This story from this pole to this pole is timeline. It's a start and a finish. It's his story. If you open up the Bible and you're like, this is the story of me. You take the Bible verses and you take them out of context and say, me, 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 me. You're wrong. The all scripture leads us to glorify the one who is and always has been, and that's God Almighty. May you and I always know that history is all about God and His redemption, good, loving plan. Even though things look like it's going crazy, may we rest on His story. Psalm 100, verse 5, it says, And the Lord is good and His steadfast love endures. How long? Forever. And watch this. And His faithfulness to where? All generations. So his faithfulness is in this generation and his faithfulness will also be and has always been throughout all generations because he is good and his steadfast love endures. How long? Forever. So let's start from the very, very, very beginning um, of, of time. You ready for that? So here we go. All right. We're starting all the way down here. And what started the timeline? creation. Creation started it all it from the very beginning. And all throughout the Bible, through Genesis chapter 1, God says the, the birds were good and the mountains were good and all this stuff was good and good and good. And then he made humanity. And he says they're good as well. Why? Because who made all? God And in the essence of God is good, so only God can make what is good. So how did evil come in? That's a theological um, mystery that we don't know. But we just need to know that God created good. And in Genesis 1, 4, 10, 12, 18, 21, and 25, he says everything was good. Then he says in verse 31, and God saw everything that he was made, and it was very what? It was very What? Good, okay, all right. And there was evening and morning, the sixth day. So from that time, creation was made. Um, and nobody necessarily knows. There's always this argument, whether it's billions of years or millions of years or 6,000 years, what, whatever. If you were to ask me, how long um, did the creation process happen? If you ask me, all right, I will always side on the bigness of God. Every time, even though he can see, like, I guess it could be this, this. I'm a, I'm what, a six days. I'm like, God said it, it was. Now, if you disagree with me, we'll ask Jesus in heaven one day, all right? There's not an argument to be had other than who created all. God created all. There was a God. He has always been, always will be, and he made creation good. And then all things fell apart at sin sin entered the world, and it was called the what? Fall. Some people believe that creation happened and the fall was within inside minutes of it. I don't think so. I think that there was a gap in time. How long did the creation, was creation made? We don't know, but we do know, I would say six days, but then how long after that until the fall? Does anybody know how old Adam and Eve were when they when they fell? nobody really knows. So it could be a hundred years, it could be a few, it could be whatever. So there probably was some sort of a gap, because he had to name all these animals. Um, and he had to take care of his wife. That was a lot of work within, inside of itself. All right. <laughs> she was perfect. Can you imagine having a perfect wife and a husband? That would be awesome, awesome, awesome. Even though my wife is close to Eve before the fall as was anything. Okay, so so all of a sudden, their sin entered the world. You you should know, sin entered, Satan came in the form of a snake um, and twisted the word of God and said, did God really say? And Eve fell into the trap and so did Adam. And all of a sudden, they ate of the forbidden fruit and sin entered the world because of disobedience. But God was still good in the fall. Can I get an amen? How is God good in the fall, you might ask. I'm glad you asked. It says this in Genesis chapter 3. It says, and "...the Lord God made Adam..." And for his wife, garments of skin and clothes them. That actually, that statement, I don't want to go to because I've got 20 passages to talk about. But that is a foreshadowing of the sacrificial system that Jesus did. And the, the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus covered the sin that we have conversation for another day. Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now let us, uh, let us reach out and take his, and, and lest he reach out um, and take hold of the tree of life and eat it, what will happen um, to to, this, to these people? They will live forever. So the tree of life, if you partake of the tree of life, you would live for how long? So God's goodness was sent into the world. There was now a division between humanity and God because God is perfect, we were not. And God in his goodness showed his love for us and said, you know what? You will not now live forever. Why? Imagine living forever in sin and separation from God's goodness forever. Kind of sounds like hell, doesn't it? All right. Therefore, the Lord sent um, sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground which he had been taken of. He drove out the man and the east, and, and at the east the Garden of Eden, and placed a cherubim, one of his mighty angels, with a flaming sword, turning away to guard the way to the tree of what? Tree of life. From that place. Um, man started to work and they started to work and to work and to work and to work, multiplied over many, many generations. Um, and then there was something you got, you've heard about, um, this big flood event, right? You've heard of the flood. Why did the flood happen? You might ask. Why would God, in his great love, create this flood? And did the flood happen right after the fall? No, probably hundreds and hundreds of years later on, um, the flood happened. So the flood happened. Why? Because God is what? And can he tolerate evil, yes or no? He cannot tolerate evil because he is good and love. He's perfect in all. And then there was this guy named Noah. And it says this, The Lord saw the wickedness of man during this time because of the fall, was great on the earth, and that every indication of the thoughts and the hearts were were evil, how often? How often? How often were they evil? Continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made the earth, and he grieved his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot man and have I've created him from the face of the plant, from the place of the land, man and animal, creeping things, bird of the heavens, and I am sorry that I made him. But who? But Noah. Noah is in this in this true story, um, a redemption person. God sees the redemption and the love of Noah and says, you know what? I'm not going to destroy everybody, including Noah. Why? Because I'm good, and my love endures how long? Forever. So in this, he did annihilate everybody except for Noah and his family. They built an ark, took time to build an ark, and in God's goodness, they created this this ark with the developmental skills of, of, of Noah and his family. It took many, many, many years, and then the flood came... And you know kids' stories. The flood came, it rose many days, and all of a sudden it landed. The water dissipated, and then there was a great, what, rainbow in the sky that says, you know what, I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to show my love in this and my grace in this. And all of a sudden, time started to, to go and to go and to go. Theologians think that it was about 420 years or so by the time the flood came um, and humanity started to multiply again, and then he decided to choose a people. He ended up choosing a people. You might know him as Abraham, and it says this, The Lord said to Abraham, Go um, from your your, uh, country um, and your kindred and your father's house, to a land. So, what is that already saying? That there's a lot of people, family, and so on and so forth. So, with inside this 400 plus years um, after the flood of God's goodness, the He chose a people, and He said to Abraham, "And I said, I will make you a what nation? I will make you a what nation? I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you." It will make your name great so that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him um, he dis- who dishonors you, I will curse, and your families and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. And pause. Do you hear where the blessing points to? Where does the blessing point to? Where all nations will be blessed because of Abraham. Abraham was a redemptive person who led to the lineage leading to who? Leading to Jesus. So not only did Noah lead to Jesus and the timeline and the genealogy. And by the way, for those of you guys who read the Bible and you see the genealogy, you're like, this is boring. It ain't boring when you actually know what it means. All oh, right, I got to keep going. All right. Or this is going to be a six-hour sermon. Okay, not four. Okay, here we go. Alright. And then from there, he's, he chose Abraham, and he's like, we're going to give you a country, a promised land. Um, and this promised land is going to be to you. And Nehemiah chapter nine, verse eight, as they look back, it says, and you found, you found his heart faithful. Whose heart? Abraham's faithful. And made a covenant with his offspring to the Canaanite, um, Hittites, um, Amorites, Perizzites, Jezebites, and the Gergeshites, bless you, um, and you, and keep your promise for your righteousness. And so he, so what this. Abraham left and went to a country that God provided. And it's what's modern day what? Israel. So there's the promised land. And then for 200 years or so, they lived in this land of Canaan. And then this land of Canaan became this, this hub of, of the genealogy. You hear of Abraham, Isaac, and uh, who? Jacob. And who's the name of Jacob? What is, he, what is his actual name? Israel. So here is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then Jacob, Israel, had 12 sons. And one of the sons' name was Joseph. Joseph, if you did not know, had a coat of many colors. And his brothers hated him. Hated him with all of his heart. Why? Because he had this dream and said, you know what? Not only does my dad like me better than you. Anybody favorite kids in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, thanks for your honesty. Um, You need counseling. All right. All right, so so what happened, Joseph, the brothers hated them, took them out, threw them into a well, and basically left them for dead and then sold them to the the slave drivers, and they were going to where? Where are they going? Egypt. They were going to Egypt, so the slaves sold Joseph to Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife was like, yeah, I like that. I like that guy. He's like hot like Pastor Dave. And he's like, I'm going to kind of seduce him a little bit. And because he was faithful, he said no to the seduction of Potiphar's wife. Um, and then ultimately Potiphar's wife got angry and sent him to prison, accusing Joseph of things that he did not do. And then the Pharaoh had a dream and Joseph comes in, and interprets the dream and the, uh, and, and, The Pharaoh says, okay, now you're the second in command of all the nation. And because there was a famine coming, the brothers come at years from their city, from from the promised land, because there was food in Egypt. Why? Because God had prepared a place, an opportunity for the Israelite people to be provided for because God is good and his steadfast love endures how long? Forever. Forever and ever. At that moment, uh, the brothers come up and have a conversation with who they thought was the second most powerful person, but it was Joseph, and Joseph, at the end, provided a land and an area just for them so that they could be taken care of. The brothers, after Jacob had died, said, hey, all right, Joseph is now going to get ticked off, and he's going to, like, kill us. So they came in and said, we're sorry, we're sorry for killing you and lying about you and so on and so forth. And then this is what Joseph said. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. His steadfast love and his goodness endures how long? Forever. Um, and then because of this, the people were in captivity um, for For a while, so they went to Egypt, God provided for them a multitude, they grew into a great nation as was, well, as was told. so not only did that, but he ended up having to redeem a people. Why did he have to redeem the people? So you he moved here and then from, for about I, I think it' was two hundred years, they lived there, and then for two hundred and twenty years, they were enslaved, and th- this slave was, was they were slaves. Let me just read this. Now there rose a king who in Egypt that did not know Joseph. Therefore, they set slave drivers, tent, um, taskmasters, and put heavy burdens on them. So what do you think that um, we see today that the Israelites most likely built? Most likely the pyramids and other magnificent places all throughout Egypt. You can argue or not, but They were building, they were being slaves, all millions of them, some people would say, because God had them in a place to move them into the next place. And then who comes along? Moses comes along, another redemptive person. Why, because the people were crying out and said, help, 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 we don't wanna be enslaved anymore. God, we trust you, we trust you and trust you. So what did God do? He redeemed the people and he brought in the how many plagues? the ten plagues, and the plagues came and whooped up on on Pharaoh. Why? Because God wanted to show who was greater, and it was God himself. So God chose these people out of this land, allowed them to go through slavery. Notice he allowed them to go through slavery for God's goodness and for a lesson for them. After they left Egypt, Um, They wandered in the wilderness for a while, but while they're wandering in the wilderness, God gave them something called the law. It's stuck. He gave them something called the law. And you're like, okay, you got me of God's goodness until this word law. It's like, I don't like, any any disobedient people in here, like, you you see a rule and you want to break it, raise your hand. All right. that's me too, by the way. Uh, I see a rule. I'm like, how can I break it? How can I break it? My daughter is in college, and she was on her cell phone during chapel services, supposedly study, and not on TikTok, I guess. Um, and my daughter um, calls my wife, Rachel, and says, I can't believe they gave me demerits for being on my phone. And she looked and said, did you break the rule? And she's like, she hung up on my wife. So it's like, it's like, I'm breaking the rule. Why? Because it's, it's kind of in us to break the rule. But God, in His goodness, gave this law, gave the rules for the Israelite people to follow. Why? Because God knows best. Because he's good, so he's offering and giving this good law, these good rules to to follow for his people to obey. So you have these ceremonial laws to give worship. You've got some cleanliness laws so they don't die. There's some good laws to, to pass. And then it says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, 1 through 2, it says this Now, Israel, hear the decrees and the law I am about to teach you. Follow them. Why? So that you may live and may go and take possessions of the land that the Lord, notice the land that the Lord your God and your ancestors is given you. And do not add to what I command you, um, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God and I, that I give you. And then from that moment on, they were started to wander in the wilderness. One of my favorite stories was. They were going in the wilderness, and God got them right to the promised land, right to the promised land. They sent out spies into the promised land, and God's like, I've taken you in this wilderness for a bit, and by the way, I have created this, this angel that appears as a cloud by day and a fire by night, and it's going to guide you through the entire time, and at Mount Sinai, God appears on this mountain, and everybody trembled and everything, and just like, God showed up. Like literally, if there was a cloud that showed up here out of nowhere and says, follow me, I am God, that would be like, okay, that's magnificent and awesome. Let's go see what it is. And then this case, the beauty of this is God's goodness allowed the Israelites to go round and around to be protected and get to the promised land. But what did they do? They feared people. They feared the people in the land. And God's like, haven't I proved my goodness and my love that's everlasting enough? And he's like, all right, you're all going to die off. A whole generation died off of disobedient people, wandered in the wilderness for how many years? 40 years, and ended up right back at the same time as says, let's do it again. Why? Because he keeps his promise because he's good, and his steadfast love endures how long? Forever. Okay, he, he, his steadfast love endures forever. At this moment, they came in and they, they were restored a country. They were, they were given this country again. He restored it. Why? Because he keeps his promise because his love endures for how long? Forever. So they entered the promised land. God said, basically, I know this is like touchy-feely with Americans and everything. And God's like, kill everyone that does not worship me and go into the land, annihilate, kill everyone. Why? Because God did not want any evil to influence his people. Because he knew that their people were stiff-necked people. Go into the land, and did they kill everybody? No, they did not kill everybody. But they left some people. They were like, well, I don't want to offend you. And I just want I just, you be kind, you'll be kind. But unfortunately, they did not obey God. So they entered the promised land. Again, very powerful, but they did not kill off all the evil resulting in now the evil came back, and they allowed the evil impacted these godly people, these special people of God, and they became corrupt and they became slaves. And I, I just that got me thinking while I was preparing this. We're so difficult, we're so tough on the Israelite people. We're like, shouldn't they have done this? The answer is sure. They should be listening to God and doing what he says when we look at our lives, do we do the same thing? We're like, well, I'm going to enter being righteous and holy and God-fearing to a place, but if it reaches this place of hurting somebody's feelings or um, telling people about Jesus or whatever, it's like, I'm going to stop right, right there. We're called to be all in. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, body, and strength and love your neighbor. Yes, your neighbor. And we... Can be very much like the Israelite people. But God is good, and steadfast love endures how long? forever forever so so inside this rebellion time in god's goodness the people cried out and they're like all right we're being disobedient again kind of like back in egypt and then he ended up empowering what's called judges judges came along and this is what it says then the lord raised up judges and saved them out of the hand of the raiders the people that they did not kill off and yet um, they would not listen to the judges, and they prostituted them with other gods and worshiped them because what's the first commandment? Love the God, love the Lord your God only. They turned quickly to their and and from their ancestors. Whenever the Lord would raise up judges, he was with the judges and saved them out of the hands of the enemy as long as the judge lived, and the Lord relented because of their groanings. I'm um, under those who oppressed them. God was good and he saved them out of affliction, why? Cuz they cried out for help and they repented and they turned. The last judge was Samuel. Everybody say Samuel. Samuel was the last judge and he was truly one of the godly judges and priests of that time. So at the end of Samuel's life, this is what it says. So the elders um and and the and the so the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and said, You are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. Now appoint for us a what? King. king. So that they can leave, so that we can be like who? So that we can be like other nations. God from the very beginning says, You ain't gonna be like other nations. I am gonna be your king, I am gonna be everything in your life. Listen to me and do what I say, he says. So God allowed them to be granted kings. And he's like, okay, Samuel, tell them all the bad that is going to happen um, to you if you follow this these kings. And he's like, okay, here's all the bad. You follow the king, they're going to take your, your kids. You're going to make them go do this, go to war and take taxes. Everybody loves taxes, right? All right, no, okay, all right, got your attention there. Okay, so all the taxes and everything, why? Because the king needs his luxuries and so on and so forth. And they said, yes, give me taxes. Let my kids die in war. And they signed up, why? Because they wanted to be like other nations. Listen, we give them a tough time. Why don't you just follow God? And we're like, we look around the world right now and it says, why do we follow the kings and the people? that are over us in politics and other things like this, I want to hear, let you know, Jesus is king, not Democrat, Republican, Independent, even though we need to be submissive under that, guess who is king of kings and Lord of lords? The answer is Jesus, okay? All right, so let's try Who, who, guess, who is king of kings and Lord of lords? Jesus, okay, let's just get that. But they chose a king over, over God. So King Saul comes in, and he was a dum-dum. So then King David comes, and here's the lineage. David ended up being in the line of the kingship that led to who? That's just awesome. And then Solomon comes along, the divided kingdoms, and then all of a sudden, because they were not following God, um, the divided kingdoms, all of a sudden, they got what's called exiled. So here they are. They got exiled um, because the kings did not obey. Do you see the, You got exiled from the fall? You got exiled from their country. You got exiled into imprisonment. Judges come up, and they keep choosing poorly, and all of a sudden, God, I don't know about you, but I'll be like, dude, people, yeah, let's go back to Noah, and you're all out. Let's try this again and again and again, but... Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? Good and a steadfast love endures even when we're being dum dums forever. So, we got exiled um, from the land, and Babylon, uh, Babylonia came in, and they were exiled out. The temple was, was knocked down, and the walls were knocked down. But God, in his grace and mercy, after about 70 years in Babylon, um, he's, as he had promised, that he was going to set up an opportunity to return his people to the promised land, as he says, to rebuild the wall, and that ended up what happening. So in 538 BC, Cyrus comes in, and he, became, he conquers Babylonia and he took over the empire and Cyrus, Cyrus issued a decree that basically said, you can go, you're free to go. So many people came back, they rebuilt the wall with Ezra and um, Nehemiah. They rebuilt the wall, they rebuilt the temple, they started over like they should have the entire, entire time. Isn't God just good that he allows people to be restored, yes or no? His love endures for how long? And then. After the people had been redeemed back to the land, there was about 400 years of silence. About 400 years of silence. From the last time the prophets proclaimed anything, from the last time there was an angel encounter, there was 400 years of silence. And then comes the incarnation of the Messiah Jesus. History was split by Jesus Christ with before Christ and his goodness and his love that endures forever even in disobedience, even in failures, even in sending judges, even though he sent redemptive people, even though he was still good. And he displayed his goodness ultimately on the cross for you and for me. But he broke the silence in history. He broke the silence with the cry of a little baby, himself. It's called the Incarnation. And it says in Luke chapter 1 the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. Why was he greatly troubled? There's 400 years of silence, and then boom, shakalaka, there was an angel. Mary was greatly troubled by these words. But the angel said to her, do not be what? Afraid. I want you to look at me. You don't need to be afraid either. With the way the world is, the way things are, you don't need to be afraid in Christ Jesus. Let us as the redeemed say so, who he has taken out of trouble and redeemed us, that Jesus Christ broke the silence because of his great love for you, and for me, showing his goodness and his love. It says, you will conceive a child, and, his, and, and he will be called what? Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord will, be, will give him the throne of who? Father who? David. God in his goodness proclaimed to David... That your kingdom will not end. Your lineage will not end. Even though Solomon's going to be splendor, but, and even though there will be a divided kingdom, even though you'll be taken to Babylon, even though, even though your kingdom will not end because it's the kingdom that I promised the entire time. And Jesus Christ will reign forever and ever. At this moment, what sealed the deal for you and for me before Christ and the timeline after Christ in the year of the Lord, AD, uh, BC, AD, is simply this Jesus' sacrificial death to make things right. It says this in Isaiah Surely he has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was, what? Pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we, all we are like, what? Sheep that have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I mean, just think about this. From eternity past, from creation, from the fall, through disobedience, through imprisonment, through... Babylon through all this stuff God remained faithful even though his people were not and he in his faithfulness chose to be the faithful one so that you and I can have redemption from our sin even though we are like sheep that are just dumb his love is so good for us he was oppressed and afflicted yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that was led to a slaughter and like sheep before it shears, is silent, so he opened not his mouth. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, dude, I'm God in human form, and I'm just going to, like, make another flood. Or I'm going to send my mighty angels to whoop up on things. You know the revelation angel? We'll bring them in here early. But praise the Lord, I am not God. Can I get an amen on that? Thank you, love you too. All right, so... At this moment of his death, listen closely, the curtain that divided. So back in the law, back in this time, the law was that there was a division between humanity other than the presence of God. So the presence of God, he's omnipresent, yes, but he came to this earth. He dwelt into this tabernacle, this holy of holies, and at this moment, Nobody can go in through that other than the high priest himself. But at the cross, that curtain tore in two. A.D. and B.C. B.C. A.D. was created right there so that now you and I can now have access to God the Father. We don't have to be a priest. We don't have to be holy. We just need to believe in the one who tore the the curtain in two. And at that moment, you and I now have access to the one who sustains the world, the one who has redemption, the one who loves you and I so much. And he's like, believe in me as Lord and Savior. But not only believe in me, but he rose from the dead, conquering sin and death, And he lives now eternally because he is in eternity. But after he died and rose again, he ascended into heaven. And he is now exalted at the right hand of the Father. He is in eternity, right here and right now, ascended into heaven, highly exalted, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 11. And then at that moment, something beautiful happened a few days later on. He sent the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The God from the eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy who? Spirit. From this moment on, they just knew the Father. At this moment, we knew the Son, but now for eternity's sake, we know the Spirit. Isn't he good and his steadfast love endures forever? We have God now living in us. We ain't God, but God lives in us, and he gives us empower, he empowers us, as it says in Acts eight, and we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us, and we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of what? The age and this ends of the age. These people are what's called the church. The church was established. So here on is where we belong. The birth of the church was established, and that you and I now get to be a part of his redemption plan through the spirit, through the history of his faithfulness and his goodness. And then this is where we come in. We come in right around, let's just say, here. So 2,000 years has passed. The church and the Holy Spirit is doing His thing. He's now reconciling you and me to Himself and says, do you know me? Do you know that I have been forever faithful, will always be faithful, and will always be true? Place your faith and trust in me. With about a few minutes left, I want you to just rest on where timeline is right now. You get to be a part of history. It's not a mistake that God made you at this time and this place. But What are you going to do in this redemption story? Are you going to just waste your life? Are you going to be disobedient as was proclaimed and done did in the Old Testament, or are you going to be obedient? If you truly believe that Jesus did what he did, he came, died, rose again for, for you, he, you have now access to him because the curtain was torn, and he is ascended into heaven, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you belong to his church, what are you going to do about it? Be reconciled to him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? A he is a new creation. The old is passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from who? God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us this ministry of reconciliation, making things right. That is... In Christ God, was God, and reconciling the world to himself. Not counting the trespasses against them, but entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. This message of his goodness, this message of his love, this message of his grace, all displayed 2,000 years ago on the cross. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As if God was making appeal through us, as he was the prophets, as he was the judges, as he was Noah, as he was Moses, as he was Abraham, we now get to be the same people that we are allowing people to say, be reconciled to to God. Because there will be a day And I believe that sooner today than it was yesterday, that at the end of time, Jesus is coming back. Do you believe this? Why is he coming back? To make things the way they were at the beginning. Why don't you look at me? I'm going to read one more verse in a second. Where are we? Are we here? Are we 100 years away? I would say we are about right there. We have a mission and a purpose that he has called us to. Are we going to learn from the lessons of the old and their mistakes and move forward into and for his amazing grace? Or are you just gonna sit on your butt, waiting for Jesus to return, and Lord willing, hearing well done, good and faithful servant? Revelation chapter 22, one through five. Then the angels showed me, this is at the end of Jesus Christ comes back, he's created this new, new Jerusalem, this new world. And then the angel showed me a river, the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from where? The throne of God. And the Lamb through the middle of the, the, the streets of the city, on either side of the river, what is in this new city? The tree of life. God protected us from the tree of life, but now he gives us the tree of life because he's good and his steadfast love endures forever. My closing question is, have you placed your faith into the tree of life? Jesus Christ. If not, he's offering his love and his grace to you today. Place your faith and trust in him, knowing that it's not by your works, but by his work. And his great love, where he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and he's like, I'm offering you access to the Father through me only. Now, if you're in the room and you're like, you know, I already know. May we rest upon his goodness that surpasses all understanding and all eternity. Father, take us from this place with a mission in mind to bring you glory and to you only belongs all praise, glory, and honor. Thank you for your history that we were able to share. And as we leave here, may we simply listen to you and do what you say. Lord, as we leave here, may we glorify you. And all we say and all we do. And everybody, look at me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? Good. And his steadfast love endures how long? Forever. Let's stand and worship.